You're listening to Hutton Orbital Radio News Digest. In a newly commissioned office deep in the bowels of Hutton Orbital, a crew are putting the finishing touches to the office of Hutton's newest appointee. The usually stark lighting has been replaced with dim incandescent flickering bulbs. The walls have been covered in strange symbols. An old chalkboard is adorned with hieroglyphs, mathematical equations and exclamation marks. Old oak bookshelves are stacked floor to ceiling with ancient tomes. A few names stand out amongst the gold lettering. Nostradamus, Agnes Nutter, Euler's Seven Bridges. A third printed copy, a, th- <laughs> whoops, a 3D printed copy of the Rosetta Stone leans against one wall and the various surfaces are littered with Sudoku pads, Rubik's cubes, and a selection of those tricky puzzles that you find in Christmas crackers. In the centre of the room, a satisfied man sits at a round table, the cloth printed with stars and astrological symbols. In front of the keyboard, in place of a screen, is a perfect sphere made of void opal. He lifts a cushion off a chair to his side and places it on the floor. As one of the station maintenance team pass, a hut and mug is knocked from the desk and somehow perfectly lands on the cushion. As they leave, it's possible to see the sign on the door. Prognosticator J. Filler is the name. Somehow, in perfect time for the start of the show, he turns his wireless on to hear at that very second. Our mics are live. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to Hudden Orbital Live. We are joined in the studio by the usual collaboration of misfits from across the galaxy. On the opposite side of the desk, we have the ever-present, persistently welcome, and practically perfect in every possible way, Norma Snockers. Next to me, there's a chair dedicated to our newest regular, but now very much as part of the furniture as the show desks themselves, we've got Amelia Hawke. <laughs> Too kind. I'm sitting in between the husband and wife couple, our very own pair of snockers. So next to me is Lou. I'm um, a bit creeped out by the man to my left. He keeps finishing my... Sentences. And it's giving me... The willies? Uh, yes, we're joined by Alvin's latest boardroom advisor. He's the prognosticator general, the master of the predictive text, Hutton's very own cryptographer, and the only person to ever finish the Hutton Times crossword before lunch on a Sunday. It's Johnny Filler. And before you ask, thank you, yes, I'd be delighted. And here are the headlines. Um, is it going to cause a paradox if I don't actually say those lines? Ah, uh, that would be telling, wouldn't it? Anyway, um, on with the news. Imperial elite candidates attempt to appear normal backfires again. Phantom bum dialer of old Hutton Orbital strikes again. Success as hotbox silver surfers shine. Johnny Filler's news from next week. Tom's boob leads to extended apologies. Atrus 5060s stuck in a loop. Hacks wings circling Tharg's minions once again. 
Lou's going round in circles. And Norma's Globes point the way to this week's community event. First tonight, it's rare that Hutton has any insight into the inner workings of the Empire, but one senatorial candidate has smashed his way down through the crystal ceiling and engaged directly with the citizens in a bid to become more widely known and a little more loved. As if he'd read a book on normal people and what they like doing, candidate Baron Boris the Buffoon has attempted to garner favour by letting people in on his hobbies. In a move sure to endear himself to absolutely no one, particularly not those that resent imperial excess, he has claimed that in his spare time he likes making scale models of Type 9s, using nothing more than cast-off caviar tins. If anyone's worried I don't eat the caviar, I'm a man of the people, a citizen amongst citizens. I just throw it away so I can use the tins, eating caviars for the rich, and I definitely couldn't be seen doing that. Uh, should he reach the dizzy heights of the Imperial Senate, he has promised that he will make the Empire great again, renegotiate treaties with the Federation, and invite Thargaram to shoot a few hoops. We understand that that is the colloquial term in Imperial circles for a nice game of croquet. This latest attempt to curry favour appears to be in response to a recent scandal where a number of anonymous Imperial slaves sold recordings of him arguing at length with his long-term beau about wine stains on her toga and him leaving his underwear on the bathroom floor. He doesn't see the problem, but apparently she draws the line at him dropping the bread in the fondue and refusing to take his paddling like all good Imperials should. We will be watching Boris the Mad with interest, as if nothing else, it's better than most of the rest of daytime television. There was total chaos this week at the Orbital and across Hutton Space as data pads, telephones, view screens and communication panels repeatedly rang. Automatically picked up and for those with visual comms presented Hutton's commanders with sights that no human should ever be subjected to. Yes. The phantom bum dialer struck again, selecting at random with nothing more than his pimpled backside, which as luck would have it exactly matched the pattern he used to unlock his comms unit, commander names, groups and message boards at random, and broadcasts what investigators are describing as anatomical images and sounds from his landing gear department. Those who are wise in the ways of the phantom bum dialer, who have had conveniently masked his caller ID, repeatedly mashed the Oh my word, it's hard, put it away button. To prevent the need for a visit to Nurse Wayeth for a surgical mind bleach. Everyone else, well, let's just say that put them right off their dinner. The investigators are trawling through the logs from the Hutton helper to see who was posting messages at the time. And I put out a call for a number of commanders to attend an identity parade where a number of the less traumatized population will attempt to identify exactly whose anatomy was on screen and pair it up with a number of trouser trumpets broadcast through speakers. This is a warning to all commanders. If your communication pad starts ringing, please be careful before you answer it, as the result might just leave you wishing you hadn't. Oh, and could Commander Sako Cal please report to Leo Wolf's office, as he wants a word. It appears to be no coincidence that he's gone into hiding this week. 
There was rejoicing at the private members bar for pilots of Team Hotbox today after delivery of one particularly shiny trophy for the cabinet. Not content with their previous achievements, the masses of photographs from deep space, the adventures on the convoy and many other shenanigans, Hotbox's exploration wing appear to have accidentally dropped rather a large load in the last week. This mighty deposit catapulted them skyward and secured them the number two slot. No, we're not talking about Cubicle C again. It's this season's trophy for exploration. They've traversed, seen and scanned enough of the galaxy and brought it back without bumping into Bobby B or reverse shot engineering their way into a rebuy, earning them the right to some shiny silverware to bubble around in their cockpits. Congratulations Team Hotbox and don't forget, polishing it too much might send you blind, but that's only because of the fumes. Good evening from the prognosticator's office. In a turn up for the books, I've managed to get you some news written nice and early. In this case, it's from next week. Accept certain inalienable truths. Minds will fail, politicians will philander, you too will get old. And when you do, you'll fantasise that when you were young, minds were useful, politicians were noble, and pilots respected frontier. Rather than a crystal ball, which is clearly hokey, I actually use a supercooled sphere of frozen frameshift lubricant. I find that the superluminal travel imbues it with interesting temporal properties. Of course, if Cecil's wandering past looking for ice for his gin, it's just an accident waiting to happen. But anyway, my ball and my sonic patch cable have been hard at work this week uh, to save the team from having to do a broadcast next week. So here are the headlines. Unless, of course, these are from two weeks' time. I'll keep them short, as I'm a little hungover from LaveCon. From the apology officer, I need to apologise to Commander Draxor for what happened between myself and Simons next week at LaveCon. It was just a silly spare-of-the-moment thing that didn't mean anything to either of us, and I promise never to speak of it again before today. Oh, and the stain will come out quite easily. Lithobreaker was the winner of our theme from next week. Yes, it was indeed the law of conservation of energy. Congratulations, Commander. The amazing content reveal at LaveCon turned out not to be a full 3D walkthrough of Psycho Cow's completed bathroom. <laughs> not even I can see that far into the future. Frontier spokespersons were proud to reveal their new crossover content module, Dangerous Zoo Coaster, which involves assets from all their current IPs and requires players to teach wild animals to mine for salt while riding on a roller coaster around Thargoid-infested atmospheric planets. The game will also feature a grooming salon for big cats, where commanders will get to play the role of a panther clipper. And finally, unless I'm wrong, and I am never wrong, Galnet News led with a story about something political that no one cared about, but everyone hoped would be something exciting. Commander Wotherspoon was especially scathing. And now it's time for a word from the Apology Officer. Hutton Orbital Incident Report. Date of incident 23rd June 3305. Incident location the Formidine Rift. Type of incident SRV destruction and desecration of a space grave. Reporting Officer Mia Harkness. Do you know, I thought if I went with them they might behave, but it was too much to hope for. We were all off to the Formidine Rift for a poke around the abandoned settlements there and to pay a visit to the Zurara. One jump in and short engineer and most experienced explorer bounced the ship off a star. Not the best start, but at least we get the yowies out of the way early on. From there it was a mad dash to the Farsight Expedition based in the Harp Nebula. 
Short engineer had the mods when we arrived and was whisked off to a medical facility for treatment. I received a call from him asking, what is an endoscope? And then that was the last we heard of him for two days. The rest of us made their way to the station facilities and made the best of those in the meantime. Who would have thought Bingo would be so popular with an asteroid base full of hard-bitten miners and died in the wool, deep space explorers? But there they were, all in Lucky Larry's Bingo Cavern, with markers, four-leaf clover, bingo boards, gonks, trolls and their knitting. Although we didn't get a win, we had a wonderful time. One short engineer had been released from the hospital, we all set off for those creepy abandoned settlements at the near end of the Formidian Rift. We parked up outside, looked around, scanned the log which had been left behind, and took a moment to consider those who had lived and spent their last days in these places. By the time we got to the third settlement, that was wearing a bit thin though, and there was an impromptu see who can jump the furthest off the ramp competition. Commander Shawside Customs managed a spectacular two kilometre jump before landing down a hole which took him 10 minutes to get back out of. SAS Salt decided not to risk it, so he jumped in the opposite direction, whereupon he landed between four buildings with his wheel trapped under one of them and no way in or out. In the end, he had to pop into his escape pod and eject so that we could drag him back to his ship. We completed our tour and made our way to our final destination, the Zerara and the far side of the rift. For those who know the shocking story of the Zerara, I needn't say any more. For those who don't know, you really need to hear it for yourself. We assembled at the bow of the ship and placed our anacondas in the gap between the petal-like collector panels to pay our respects. Well, four panels means four gaps, and four gaps mean four ships, but we had five ships. Since Shawside was the last to arrive, we thought it might be nice if he sat off the bow of the Shizurara, looking into the bridge of the sticking ship, but he had other ideas. Instead of sitting at a respectful distance and looking contemplative like he was supposed to, Commander Shawside embarked on a lewd display of ship-on-ship action, teabagging the Zurara instead. Commander Rampage was quick to reprimand him, was informed by Shawside that he had stopped thrusting now. I felt that Shawside's choice of attire was particularly disrespectful. Cowboy boots and arseless chaps are not appropriate attire for these kind of events. The only explanation we can offer is that he was overcome by the space madness and that his Christmas tree bobblehead made him do it. It's always the Christmas tree. He turns the other bobbleheads against you and takes control of your ship. Can't believe a word that bastard says. Anyway, it's time for me to go for my lie down. The doctor says I have to. Happy Turkmenistan workers of culture and art day. Mia Harkness, Apology Officer, Team Hotbox. Sorry again. Good evening, truckers. Atrus5060 reporting in as himself, I think, with the latest intel on the Thargoids from Canon Research. Before we get to the Thargoid rampage across the bubble, let's have a look more locally, specifically here on the orbital. Operations to rescue Commander Falco took from Cubicle 3 two weeks ago were successful, and special thanks has to be given to the intern we had to lock in there in his place. You know, for science and all that jazz. Axwing is now back in good hands and normal cock-up activities can resume. Now, on to those pesky Thargoids. 
good news for humanity as anti-Zeno pilots successfully lifted all six of last week's incursions in record time. Unfortunately, reports are coming in that all six Eagle Eye systems from last week are now under incursion. Oh, dearie me. With fires that need putting out, people that need rescue, supplies needing deliveries and bugs needing some squashing. Get those slippers out, commanders. Hacks Command has been hard at work coming up with new plan for one of the incursion systems, working alongside the legendary R&D scientist from Canon, LCU, no fool like one. This week, Eagle Eye is reporting, well, let's face it, it's not reporting much other than five of the same systems last week, with the exception of Eagle Eye 3, which is showing Morris Station in Shocky Yinny as a target once more. When contacted for comment, Aegis representatives asked how I was still alive, and they asked me to go away. It was a bit mean, wasn't it? Further investigation into the manor shows that Aegis have not paid their monthly server fees for five of the six Eagle Eye installations. So whether the Thargoids are targeting any other systems other than Shocky Yinny, I cannot say with any certainty. With that in mind, get out there and lift those incursions quickly so we have ample time to travel to the annual Pilots Federation gathering at the old Academy on Lave. Good luck out there, truckers. For the mug. Incoming message from Hackscom. We have an emergency on our hands, truckers. The Hoff, namesake of Hoff System, is missing. The renowned 20th century actor and musician was stored in cryogenic stasis at Alua Femi Terminal, which was attacked today by Thargoid forces. The failsafes on his cryopod kicked in when the EMP disrupted the station's power systems and he was rapidly thawed. His pod was found intact, but the Hoff was nowhere to be seen. Medical staff believe he is suffering from short-term amnesia due to the rapid thawing of his brain and is likely wandering the damaged station with no idea who he is. Obviously, Tharg seeks to strike at our morale by destroying a cultural treasure, but we are going to prevent that. We are going to evacuate every last person on that station to find the Hoff and keep him safe. He was wearing his signature illuminated jacket in the cryopod, so assuming he hasn't changed clothes, that will be an easy way to identify him. Of course, the electronics of the jacket are likely decayed by time and fried by the energy pulse, so don't expect it to be lit up. Join Operation Hot Hoff Hunt and help us rescue the Hoff. And if ensuring the future 3306 reboot of Knight Rider isn't enough incentive for you, Commander LCU No Fool Like One is offering a special mug as a reward for the trucker who ferries the most evacuees, but only if we can remove 1 million civilians total. For combat operations, there will be a hot Keelbacks versus Thargoids event on Saturday in the Karpaka system. We will celebrate the end of Keelback Awareness Week by mushing Thargoid scouts. Meet up at the Whitney Dock Rescue Ship at 1800 UTC. 
If your clock obeys British summertime for some reason, that'll be 1900 for you. Okay, truckers, let's get out there and rescue the Hoff. Just remember that the turbo button only works once per episode, so only use it when you need it. And Axcom Transmission. Defend the mug. A simple request from all at Hutton BGS HQ this week. Bugger off. Really, that's the best thing you can do. With over half of our systems rocking an influence of well over 50%, the best thing we can do is all be helpful truckers, but do it elsewhere. If you insist on roaming around Putin space, then working against us in Luton and Wolf 124, you know, smuggling data drops at stations we don't own, bounties for other factions, that kind of thing, would be useful. The only place to really work for Hutton is in Avic, where we want to control and are facing resistance from factions allied to Sirius Corporation. So, feel free to have it in Avic. While you're at it, stay out of Tier 2. They're a friendly bunch in Colonia and we don't need to annoy our neighbours there, especially as they got there first. So, to recap, work hard in Avic, and apart from that, Go and find some Thargoids to bother or a nice non-truckery system to truck in for a change. As for me, I'm heading to back to Norma's ex-pants to find some more exciting crevices to explore. Speaking of Norma... Second interstellar initiative, the Enclave, begins with Phase 1 on the 4th of July. Meta-alloys reportedly growing scarce. Aegis Research has issued a statement amid growing concerns that meta-alloy harvests in the Pleiades Nebula have slowed dramatically. A number of sources claim that Thargoid biological sites have recently ceased producing materials. More on this later. Howdy there, Hoss. I'm Buck. You see this asp? This ain't your asp. This one's mine. But it could be yours. The Lake On Spaceways asp is the ultimate in versatile spaceflight. Why, it has more uses than a mason jar at a county fair. It even has a tool for removing stones from horses' hooves. Old Bessie sure appreciates that. Your new asp can be rigged in three wonderful editions exclusively from Lake On Spaceways. You can get yourself an Explore Asp for those long road trips to the Crab Nebula, a Comb Asp for taking part in the next nearby Civil War, or even our most popular addition, the Hall Asp, perfect for trucking to Hutton, just like old Buck Naked did during the Hutton run. Take my advice, partner. Everyone should have a good Asp they can trust to keep on trucking all night long. Only from Lake On Spaceways. Hello, and welcome to another edition of Harry Balzac Drops In, where I delve into the lives of some of the people who keep this galaxy turning, metaphorically. This week I'm talking to one of the unseen heroes that work on the ships that ply their trade by taking people from place to place, and sometimes back to the first place. His job title is Guest Happiness Index Raiser, and he's called Dirk Matter. Hello, Dirk. This looks like a lively place. There you are, Barry. We're always busy. 
No sooner have we docked and unloaded that it's time to take more people and cargo on board and take off. I don't know how we could do all of our safety checks that quickly, but it's company policy here at Arroyan Air. You'd think it was a glamorous life aboard a luxury liner, wouldn't you? Meeting interesting people, visiting exotic places. Well, it's not like that, far from it. My job is a sort of a cross between the old 21st century cabin steward and air steward with a, with a bit of bar steward thrown in. Can you give me an example? In our ship, that the captain has whimsically nicknamed the Golden Fleece, we generally do one of two types of crews. VRPs or mass transit. What I call knobs or numbers. The VRPs are the worst. They have absolutely no concept of distance. Can you get me a loaf of bread from Hutton Orbital, they say, and get it in the next five minutes or I'll give you a one-star review on Trip Sympathizer. One wanted to bring on a giant mummus bog spaniel as an emotional support animal. It were my emotions that needed support after meeting that monster. Another time, we were halfway to Colonia when the selfish sod asks if we can go back to see if he has left his sunglasses at the port. We get our fair share of requests to transport a businessman and his niece somewhere. Seems to me it's always to a planet in a different jurisdiction, if you get my drift. No idea why two people need a whole cabin like that. And don't get me started on the people who want to go and see the sights. See the sights? All they do is look at the flaming tourist beacon. They never go and visit the site itself. Well, that'd be leaving the ship, wouldn't it? It's like they're playing some kind of game where they have to collect the set. That's rich people for you. The nouveau rich, that is. These new void opal tycoons aren't like the old Imperials who got rich the proper way by inheriting from their parents. The Duvals used to ask for me by name when they came on board. They were lovely people. They never asked me to make their towel animals perform unnatural acts. Back in those days, we wouldn't take wanted passengers, unless they were from the Imperial families, of course. I'm fed up with hiding the wanted passengers in a cupboard when we arrive, trying to evade the scan while simultaneously shivering my bum off as the pilots engage silent running and pop to heat sink. Sounds horrible. So does that mean you prefer the lower stress of transporting lots of people? No, that's worse than the worst. We back them like sardines in there, but I tell thee, it's got a bit better recently. Before that, the owners would insist that we stack passengers way past the safety limit. When we'd accepted all the transport missions that were available, the captain would exit station and put on a wig, or a pair of glasses, or a stick-on moustache. Then redock and try to persuade the people in the station that this was an entirely new ship, and we should have more transport missions. And guess which Muggins always got the short straw and had to go outside to paint over the ship's name? An upgrade to the port security scanners stopped that little game, and I for one am really glad 
Are there problems with having so many passengers on board? There can be. A beluga is like a flying city, but with fewer toilets. If the passengers don't use the sonic hand sanitizers, there's a danger of a space contagion. And the end result makes Brown Sunday look like a baby's uh, accident. When that happens, we have no end of problems with the port authorities. It's embarrassing to be stuck in quarantine, passengers getting irate. We've lost a few bonuses that way. Every so often, the artificial gravity fails, or the pilot boosts out of the torse rank without telling anyone. Then we're chasing vomit round cabins using a net, as if we were chasing smelly, wet butterflies. I think the passengers bring it on themselves. The sight of Imperial stuffing their faces while basking at the buffet is enough to induce biliousness in anyone. There are other clean-up jobs as well. Many of the passengers are not exactly in the first flush of youth, as you might say. And inevitably, for some, this is their last trip. Well, almost the last, as we can't just leave them to roll around the ship inconveniencing people. We place them reverently into a spare escape pod and launch it into the blackness of space. Do you say a few words? Aye, we do, usually. I hope we still have enough escape pods if there's an emergency. We have some moments of excitement, like when the pilot decides we're going to help out at a burning station. Or we never get asked, are we ready to perform a humanitarian mission? It's just next stop, third circle of hell. And when the passengers get on board, are they grateful? Are they echoes like? It's, can you get me a blanket? I'm feeling cold. Of course you're cold. You've just been in a station that's on fire. And you're dressed for that, you lubbocks. I hate those runs. We always have problems taking off. The damn passengers won't sit down. They're too busy trying to film the destruction outside to realise that we're in danger of being rather intimately involved in it at any moment. I ask you, missions that say seek and transport, what are we, a flaming replacement bus service? Then there are other, I'd better fetch my spare uniform moments, such as the pilot forgetting to deploy the landing gear when we're coming in on a 5G planet or accidentally switching off the thrusters at an inopportune moment. Uh, the flossy manoeuvre, as I believe it's called. But mostly, it's fairly boring. I'm fed up with explaining to passengers. No, I did not work on the Starship Titanic. Or stopping the drunk ones from opening the airlock because they think it's a toilet. And there's one word. If I never hear it again, it'll be too soon. What's that? Robigo. It was so boring that we had to amuse ourselves by making funny announcements like, ladies and gentlemen, please be patient with your cabin crew while they carry out the in-flight service. Even toilets can only serve one arse at a time. Or, as you may know, this space line has a policy of asking for volunteers to help clean the ship. If you wish to volunteer for this duty, once we have landed, Please stand up before we switch off the seatbelt sign. Or, the lemon is in play. Or, ladies and gentlemen, on our port side, 
we are passing by a liner which is being operated by our rival squeezier jet so please would you all look out of the left hand windows so that it looks like we have a full ship talking of announcements yeah you mean and don't forget this liner is in the top one percent of all liners out there i feel like such an idiot when i do that but it's in the contract with Sao Kruger. Apparently it's some kind of lease arrangement. Bunkers, if you ask me. People ignore it. Just like they never look to see where their nearest exit is. Or watch how to fit their Remlock mask. Mind you, we've had some limited success with the new Olovids that we've made. We thought we'd branch out and we decided to use a bit of humour, because we're desperate. They feature Cecil trying to work out how to fasten his safety belt, trying to drink while wearing his remlock, sitting next to someone who's been made up to look like Ashling Duval, and resetting her acceleration couch, thus making her spill her drink all over herself, and seeing him sneak down to gallery to find the mega gin bottle, whilst everyone else is making their way down the emergency chute. People watch them now, but they've no bloody idea what it's telling them. I'd better go. That snotty-nosed pop star in Cabin 3 won't settle until I've arranged all of his complimentary cosmetics into a pyramid lined up on the Pole Star. And I've heard that some distant third cousin of the Emperor will let his Ling Lang loose in the corridor. God, I hope that's not a euphemism. Thank you, Dirk. Dirk Matter, everyone. Nothing is too much trouble for him, he tells me. Really, nothing is too much trouble. And that's all from this edition of Harry Balzac Drops In. Next time I'm planning to speak to the operator of the authorised craft-only entrance at Hutton Orbital if I can manage to drag him away from his busy schedule. It's me again, Buck Naked. Here at Lake On Spaceways, we're getting communications from you youngins asking if we sell anything other than trucks. Well, old Buck knows that you youngsters like having something to take out and polish on the weekend. Hell, even Mr. Neck's asp saw more action than a swamp full of horny toads when he was young. Don't say we don't listen here. I got two things that you kids would love to have a go on. It's the Diamondback Scout and our new SUV. The Explorer. If you're one of them metrosexual types enjoying an Orbis ring, then the Scout is just the ship for you. Whether you're smuggling budgies into Long Beach Station or taking a lady friend out to an asteroid belt for some summer loving, trust me, buy yourself a Diamondback Scout. And for you city types who want to start trucking your load into every port in the Milky Way, Trust Lake On Spaceways to keep you going hard on through the night with a Diamondback Explorer. Hell, they even gave it a beautiful name. Only from Lake On Spaceways. Good evening, truckers. 
Here at Canon Interstellar Research, we have been commissioned to create a special mug which will be of great use to commanders who are evacuating burning stations. This mug has been designed with a rather fetching hot vacation logo and a spacescape of manner of vision burning brightly against the stars. The mug has been formulated with a special heat-sensitive formula. Allow me to explain. Imagine you have been pulled into the burning station, and alas, it is too hot to drink your gin. Oh, what a disaster! Nobody wants hot gin. Simply fire off a heat sink or two, and as your gin begins to cool, the disturbing image of the burning station will fade away to soothing blackness. Thus, allowing you to assess the optimum time for drinking your gin. Haxcom are trying to evacuate one million refugees from Olofemi Terminal in Hof, and they're giving away one of our unique heat-sensitive mugs to the commander who transfers the most passengers to the rescue ship. Good luck. Howdy there, truckers. There ain't nothing old Buck likes more to start his busy day here at Lacon Spaceways than something hot and brown. That's right, a good old mug of joe. And in the evening, when I head home, I relax with good old sipping whiskey. Now, Buck here knows these things ain't made in factories. No, sir. They're made by hard-working farmsteaders. If you're wondering how these hard-working farm types get their equipment, and how the grain and beans get to my mug, let me tell you, it's delivered in a Lacon Spaceways Type 7. If you, like old Mr. Naked, need a barn with wings, you'll buy yourself one of these here vehicles. She's uglier than Cousin Peggy Sue, with a forehead bigger than one of my prized steers, and longer than one of old Buck's tails. But when you need to grind that coffee run, she has it where it counts. And for an extra 2,000 credits, we'll even attach them steer horns in front of your cockpit. Now you be careful out there. Them Imperial types don't like you denting their toe tracks with your oversized forehead. But rest assured, the Type 7 from Lacon Spaceways will be the backbone of your next farm trip. When the universe is in trouble Bug infestations in the bubble Your home stations burned rubble What on earth can we do now? Interstellar initiatives Let Flossie tell you what it is Then you can get involved with this You should listen to what Flossie says Interstellar initiatives Flossie tells us what she thinks it is Then you can get involved with this Now you should listen to what Flossie says Flossie here with Interstellar Initiatives News. <sighs> Meta Ole is reportedly growing scarce. Aegis Research has issued a statement amid growing concerns that Meta Ole harvests in the Pleiades Nebula have slowed dramatically. A number of sources claim that Thargoid Barnacle sites have recently ceased producing materials. 
The situation was addressed by Professor Albert Tesro of Aegis Research. Thargoid structures remain poorly understood, so we can only theorise why the barnacles in most Pleiades systems have grown barren. Our leading hypothesis is that these sites have been overexploited in recent years, and humanity has simply exhausted this resource. What is certain is that meta-alloys are both a valuable commodity and a vital component of anti-xeno technology. It is of paramount importance that we maintain the supply of this material. Therefore, Aegis Research is spearheading an initiative to identify an alternative source. We ask the galactic community to support us by providing exploration data in the hope this leads to us to undiscovered barnacle sites. Independent pilots who wish to participate can do so by handing in survey scans to the Oracle in the Delphi system between the 4th and the 10th of July. Meta-alloy production from barnacle sites in the Pleiades will start to dwindle, threatening the availability of meta-alloys. As this commodity becomes scarce, the price in which markets will pay for meta-alloys is bound to increase. Community goal. Aegis Research will request the service of commanders to deliver exploration data to the Oracle in the Delphi system, a combined effort to locate a new source of meta-alloys. And that's this week's Interstellar Initiatives news. Flossie told you what to do. You got the look of a traitor about you. Allow me to introduce myself. I'm Buck. You like that chip there behind me? Yep, it's mine. And it's got more light years on it than you can count. I still trust it to help me spread my load all over the galaxy. It's a Lakon Spaceways Type 6. The same ones what made the Hutton Orbital run you've heard about. This little baby's quick enough to run any blockade and small enough to land on an outpost. Flying it's as easy as sliding off a greasy log backward. And believe me, Mr. Naked, that's me. I knows all about that. So when you done laying there like a bump on a log and want to get serious about trading, just listen to old Buck Naked. Pick up a Lakon Spaceways Type 6. The fastest way you youngins can spread your load into every port in the Milky Way. Galnet News Digest, 27th of June, 3305. We read the news so you don't have to. In this week's news, the Alliance simplified. FFS gets a vote of confidence. Join in with Hugger Keelback Week. The Alliance Simplified. Following the arrest of former President Gibson Kincaid on multiple charges, the Assembly has moved with almost indecent haste to abolish the role of President altogether. The reasoning is that the office of president appears to be open to misuse, encouraging megalomaniac behaviour from the incumbent and diluting the authority of the prime minister. 
Councillor Elijah Beck, who was one of the candidates for the office of president last year, will resign his role as councillor in order to oversee the vestiges of the office of the Alliance president, in their role as non-political ambassadors. Disgraced Admiral of the Zeance fleet, Frederick Yamamoto, who is also in custody awaiting trial, has been replaced in the Council of Admirals by Admiral Tahir West of Tianisla. Other than the trials and sentencing, it seems that the Alliance have this unfortunate episode wrapped up. FFS gets a vote of confidence. The Pilots' Federation has said it has full confidence in the capabilities of the FFS, or Full Frequency Scanner, in response to a campaign by a number of old-time explorers to bring back the so-called Advanced Discovery Scanner. It's certainly true that the Advanced Discovery Scanner was easier to operate. All it needed was the ability to hold a button down for four seconds to populate the entire system map. By comparison, the FFS requires skill to perform the tasks of finding stellar bodies and then scanning them, tasks that detractors describe as hunt the blob and tune and zoom. It's almost as complex as playing a computer game. Of course, the old advanced discovery scanner didn't actually scan anything, so you still needed to spend up to an hour flying around each system to scan all the bodies, something that involved the complex mechanic of getting close to each planet and waiting for about 10 seconds. But of course, mindless tedium appeals to a certain sort of grizzled old fart bag. Join in with Hugger Keelback Week. Commanders have been urged this week to show their love for one of the overlooked gems in the lineup of available ships. The Lacon Keelback is a Type 6 with attitude, with a similar footprint but able to fend off unwanted advances from pirates and even to do a spot of bounty hunting. But unlike the armoured version of the Type 9 Heavy, the Type 10 Defender, the keelback has been overlooked for far too long. Commander TK of the Fatherhood has been trying to redress the balance, with a week-long schedule of events to show off the keelback in its best possible light. Events include shipping bio-waste to a rival faction, fighting in a combat zone, speedballing, participating in this week's non-existent community goal, filling a Coriolis with keelbacks without requesting docking permission, hunting Thargoid scouts, and finally, dropping out of supercruise inside the cone of a white dwarf and seeing how long you can last. It's probably just as well they're leaving that one until last. There are also other challenges such as keelback stacking and trying to take a picture of the keelback that doesn't make it look ugly. During Hugger Keelback Week, commanders are invited to remember that the keelback isn't half bad. Not only can it deploy ship-launched fighters, it's cheaper than an ASP scout. It carries more crew members than a Type 7 transporter. It's more agile than a Viper and lighter than a Viper Mark IV, with a boost speed faster than both the Beluga Liner and the Alliance Crusader. It has better armour than a Fer de Lance and better shields than a Cobra Mark IV. It also has a better jump range than a Cobra Mark III, can carry as much cargo as a Federal Assault ship and perhaps most surprisingly, can carry more passengers than a Dolphin. 
So why not visit your local Lacon dealership today and grab yourself a keelback? The Lacon keelback, the galaxy's best kept secret, apart from the Asp Scout. And that's this week's Galnet News. Galnet News, we read the news so you don't have to. Well, howdy there, partner. My name's Buck, and I'm a trader. People ask me, Mr. Naked, just what do you trade in? Well, I'll trade anything to earn me more credits, but what old Buck Naked trades in is his very own space cow. Y'all know it as the Lacon Spaceways Type 9. She may turn slow and lumber along, but she's got plenty of room in her belly to store your load. And when I take her to Hutton Orbital, you can be sure that Buck Naked will be relaxing in his cockpit, counting the credits those poor saps will pay me for delivering hundreds of tons of goods they need. So if you want to get rich, pick yourself up a Lacon Spaceways Type 9, the Space Cow, for your utter delight. for Lacon Spaceways. Back again for this week's Hutton Top Trucker. How do we keep up with your shenanigans while you tootle around in the Milky Way? Why, we install this little piece of software called the Hutton Helper in your spaceship. If you ain't already got it installed, you can install it yourself, relatively pain-free, by going to the website hot.forthemug.com. Almost as pain-free as getting your proctologist and dentist appointments mixed up. So let's get on to our top truckers from last week. Yeehaw! From the explorers, jumping around like them horny rabbits in a field, Commander S.A. Salt 1977 took the lead with 150,591 light years jumped. Is there a NASCAR race around the galaxy I didn't hear about? Knocking Texas stew out of the saddle and tearing up the Don's pathetic pirates this week is Commander Axid, that's A-X-Y-D, with 96.9 million credits earned and accounted for. Great job, Commander. Our top mission trucker this week is Commander Montgomery Python with 753 mission points earned. Took one of our old timers to show the youngins how it's done, eh? 
hauling cargo like a hunting trucker on a Commander Light 027 transported and sold just about 113,000 tons this week. Now that's some mighty fine trucking there, Commander. Driving the Hutton High Speed Rail this week, Commander Snark 3D hauled 4,631 passengers around the galaxy and wasn't snarky to a single one of them. Our Thargoid Hunting Challenge, set forth by Commander FTM Mustang, will probably be over in a week or two with the way Liddy of the Void is tearing them up. It's open season on Thargoids, and you don't even need a license or tags for it. So if you're into fumigating a few bugs, fire up that ship and get to Thargoid hunting. So our top Thargoid killer this week is Commander Liddy of the Void with 2,345 bugs squished. Our current leaders are now, now held by Commander Liddy of the Void with 7,426 destroyed, Commander Zane Till with 5,115 fumigating, and Commander Ed Hunter with 4,263 splattered. First one to 10,000 kills is the winner, and the prize is worth fighting for. Our fastest run, Hutton Orbital, is held by Commander Rampage 737 in one hour, 22 minutes, and 40 seconds this month. Now, if y'all think you got what it takes to beat this score, then download the Hutton Helper and get to flying, Commander. You want to hear your name on this here radio station? Make sure you got the Hutton Helper installed. Pick it up on the web at Hot. Dot for the mug dot com and get to trucking. And don't forget, if you do hear your name called out and you ain't already got one, get in touch with us to get your very own hunting decal for your ship. Hutton Top Trucker, brought to you by Lacon Spaceways. Only ships in the galaxy that'll get you to Lavecon and back again in one piece. Well, howdy there, folks. It's Buck. Now, y'all might think I'm sitting in my trusty old Type 6, but you'd be thinking wrong. This old girl here is the new keelback from Lacon Spaceways. Here at Lacon, we heard tales around the campfire of them dastardly pirates hunting down truckers in their Type 6s and thought we'd best do something about it. That's where Robin here, that's what I'm calling this fine lady, comes in. When old Mr. Naked was a youngin, cousin Sammy Lou used to walk back from her square dancing on her own and always got trouble from the neighbor's kids. She was a sturdy lass, but they used to upset her something fierce. Now, being a naked lass, she did the sensible thing and went to Tom's gym for a workout. Every week, she worked out until she could carry one of her grandpappy's steers across both shoulders. Now, she walks with the menfolk home from the bar and keeps them safe after they've had one too many hurricanes. And that there, that's a mighty strong beverage. I done named this one after a little lady who kept Mr. Naked safe one fine evening. If the Type 6 is a good old Texan armadillo, the keel back is a porcupine, and you wouldn't want to get into an ass-kicking contest with a porcupine. Lake on Spaceways, Keelback. Only from us. We got some 
Breaking news from our friends over at Spider-Man Games. Are you there? Spider-Man? Hello, I am there. How are Woo, you? It's you. Everybody say hi to Commander Shock and all, also known as John from Spider-Man. Spider I, I can't think as I'm doing it now. <laughs> Spider-Man! Spider-Man hey. Games. Hello. I'm really sorry hello. we keep hello. using hello. Hello. Your, your good name like that. Anyway, well, I got a message from you as we were on air, and I said, oh, is there anything we can talk about on the radio? And then you jumped in, so we grabbed you. So, well, so, yes, there are some things that I can um, talk about if, you know, anyone's got a few minutes and aren't going anywhere. God, please, please do. I mean, I, I'm not going to be at LaveCon. Boo, which means I'm not going to have one of my mammoth games got of it. battle cards. Boo. Well, um, and it's, I'm sure as everyone already knows, we are, uh, again, um, honoured and delighted to be the sponsors of LaveCon. And uh, what that means, apart from anything else, is that we're going to be able to set up a few tables of the battle cards in the games room, as well as some uh, of our ambassadors, as well as um, Oliver, um, the co-director of Spider-Man and the creator of these wonderful games, who will be GMing um, some sessions of EDRPG. So if you um, fancy a game, an RPG game, or a game of the battle cards, then you will certainly be able to get both, which will be awesome. Um, but also, uh, as part of being the sponsors of the event, we are given a little slot on the main stage. Uh, now, what I'm about to tell you is open to change, uh, subject to immediate cancellation, um, and all sorts of other bits and pieces may settle in transit, etc., uh, etc. Et However, at the moment, the plan is to have uh, an hour-long slot on the stage, probably around about 11 o'clock on the Saturday, and which we are going to have a battle cards game uh, on the main screen for people to follow. But it's going to be slightly different in that it's going to be the tournament, new tournament rules that we're introducing. Um, for the uh, release of the game, uh, which are kind of stripped down, very fast, time-restricted uh, rules, so that if you fancy getting involved in some kind of round-robin tournament um, then with your games club or whoever, then you can do that with battle cards. And to kick off um, christening such uh, amazing rules, we've decided it should be a punch-up between Lave Radio and Frontier Developments. Lave Radio, the hosts... Um, of LaveCon and Frontier Developments, the honoured guests. And so we've got a couple of people, volunteers from each side, who are going to have a bit of a, a punch-up on screen, um, ably narrated by myself and Oliver. And um, which, which time of day is this likely to be at, sorry? It's, at the moment, as far as my intelligence tells me, it's going to be 11 o'clock in the morning on the Saturday. OK, so, so it'll finish in time for Hutton Orbital Live? Yeah, 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 well, it's, it's just before... Um, Heart and Orbital Live, so um, <laughs> it's going on the main st main stage, and clearly um, because obviously Cal will be controlling the, um, the the technical bits and pieces for both, he'll just cut off our mics and turn the lights off. Well, no, you're okay. We're not on till eleven at night, so you know the game can oh, run on a bit. Yes. No, no, no. no. It, it's going to be half an hour. It's time limited. That's the 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 joy of tournament rules. It's going to be. If you imagine, this isn't going to be a five day test for all those who play cricket. Um, well, not uh, like the three-hour three-hour mission I had um, on on the last LaveCon. Not, I missed the entire not, event because I was playing battle cards. <laughs> yeah, you can have those in the games room, but no, this is going to be a very specialised, um, limited over game uh, for butt naked. That's we're, we're basically talking about a, a, a very slow game of baseball. Um, but yeah, um, it's basically going to be half hour limited. So you're going to have to throw everything 
straight into a fight, have a punch-up straight away. So I'm hoping, from a visual point of view, it'll make quite a good audience participation game. It's, it's, give... like, it's a bit like sort of um, Battle Cards does CQC. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, and it'll give everybody an opportunity to see Battle Cards, hopefully laugh at um, you know the um, destruction of one or t'other, and uh, have a bit of fun. And it's only half an hour, so it's it quite limited in the amount of time it will take up so people don't don't have to invest a huge amount of time. I'm going to miss out on all the fun. Oh, it might be streamed, so I might tune in on a stream and try and watch it. Hang on a second. At that time in the morning, no, I'm going to be busy opening a show full of vegans at that time. Yay. Yeah, well, you know, tell them all that they could benefit from a, you know, a bite-sized chunk of battle cards, um, which God, we will be making ever the sales purely, pure, purely organic material. So obviously for those of us waiting really eagerly really eagerly and missing our fix of it next weekend mm. do you have anything you can tell us about sort of release dates and production and um, you know, are, are, are you still using the coloring pens and drawing them all nicely at the moment or you know um yeah well no we we are yeah we're in the, the last final stages of that in fact i was going to um our rules our quick quick start rules are finished and i was going to tweet out a few pictures of some of the beautiful bit of artwork that's being being done by our, our lovely designer um but basically um we had a as you guys know we had a big appeal for um photos um nice big bit, bit of ship porn um that uh, we wanted to finish off all our cards and we've done that so now it is very much just um, sprinkling a bit of fairy dust over each picture and putting them all together. The ideal, uh, it, we still want to go to print, uh, we, or we want the printers to initially receive our completed files by the end of July. That's what we've always planned to do, and at the moment we still plan to do that. How long it will take for them to print is completely up to them and depending on their print schedule and that kind of stuff. And I can't really tell you that. No, it's fine. Just, just, you know, I'm just being eager and, um, you know, I want to play battle cards. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, I know. And it is, yeah, I mean, we're still, fingers crossed, going to have it out for for Grimble, uh, which is kind of would be the nice thing. Oh, well, that's that's fantastic, and I can't wait. And, uh, I mean, do you have any other projects at all on the go, or is your 100% focus on this at the moment? No, no, we've got no lots and lots and lots and lots of little bits and pieces going on. Uh, we've um, started tentatively writing an adventure book for EDRPG, so that's going to be a bunch of um, adventures that people can follow through rather than having to make up their own. Um, but that's do they, the do they come with screen. added sound effects by the maestro himself? <laughs> well, interestingly enough, um, I don't know whether um, any of you have heard of an app called Sirenscape, but this is a, um, a company, sort of like HCS voice packs, except instead of voices, um, they provide you with a huge soundboard, basically Oliver, but... Obviously, uh, maybe dare us, dare I say, maybe a bit better. Um, and and they want to jump into bed with us and provide us with some elite uh, noises. I was going to say Mo Mona will be happy about that one. Yes. So, but but that's a that's a licensing issue. So obviously, we're going to have to have a a long chat with Frontier about that because do they work with us or do they work with Frontier or do they work with us through Frontier or through us to Frontier or, you know, mm, it's right. that, that's paperwork. Um, so we're doing that. Um, Legendary Kingdoms, which is our choose your own adventure, that is going to go to print hopefully uh, in the next uh, week or so um, because that needs to come out for the um, Fighting Fantasy Con, which is our um is a convention 
in the UK um, for people who are interested in the choose your own adventure style. Um, and, and where and when is this this uh, marvelous event? Hang on one I've, bro- I've broken him now. <clears throat> I'm just being too eager, aren't I? Well, while, while, while you're looking that up, no, um, it's, it's it's the end. Of, yeah, I just wanted to check that I wasn't giving away. Last last time I was being asked this question, I was actually looking at last year's promotion poster rather than this promotion poster. It's the last Saturday in August. Okay. Well, there and we go. So, we, and, we, and we're hoping because we're not we're not kickstarting that because when we launched the the like the pre Kickstarter promotion by way of people could download like a 40 page test adventure um which if anybody wants to go to it's legendarykingdoms.co.uk but um download uh, this free pdf version of the game that you can play for a little while that was so popular that we thought well hang on a second even if we sell to a small percentage of the number of people who downloaded this we'll probably do better than we expect to do at kickstarter and we won't have to pay any Kickstarter fees and run the chance of having some. Uh, yeah, um, and not that you're friends with Kickstarter anyway, really. Anymore. Well, I still want to use them, and we still got projects that we that we really are keen to go through. But I didn't want to risk giving that um, what's his face yeah, uh, yeah. an opportunity <laughs> to have another go. Well, we, we have we have one message for that person. Yeah. <laughs> Flossie did that for us. That. Thank you, Flossie. <laughs> yep. But that, yes. was the polite, so, that was the polite version of what we want to say. <laughs> Thank you, Flossie. Exactly. So that's, that, that's not going to be kickstarted. That's going to be direct to print. So that will be a physical thing. Now, we will be giving away at LaveCon. We are looking to give away not only some printed versions of those quick starts for people to win yeah. during the raffle. And that's, and that's not something that is available anywhere. So these things are purely specifically produced for internal quality testing and money money can't buy objects money can't buy objects but even better than that our artist for this project who appeared um having painted a uh, oh sorry having drawn uh, some lovely bits and pieces for edrpg but our uh, main artist on legendary kingdoms is a gent called robin smith now robin smith might not mean a lot to our dear listeners but judge dread and 2000 ad probably are and he is Judge Dredd and 2000 AD. He was their lead editor, lead artist for many, many years. He is the original Judge Dredd. So he will be signing, hopefully, touch wood, some prints that we will be getting, some nice big A2 size and A3 size prints that we will then allow people to win. Um, so that is another money can't buy awesome prize to win of a signed bit of artwork from robin himself it's all very exciting it is it absolutely is and apart from all of that i'll be in the bar so there'll be beer and there'll be spiders what more and, and how how anybody. i mean I, I know what you're usually you know, tiring yourself in but how would one recognize you in the bar don't you wear the um the special t-shirt normally i do you see i wear an orange t-shirt with a spider mind logo on it um the other lot the lave lot wear their orange t-shirt because they reckon orange was their sort of they got their first with their orange sidewinder but clearly even though spider mind games was f- founded many years after lave radio um our orange is just that much brighter so it's, it's an orange off nice it's an orange just off. grab yeah. somebody orange and say are you spider-man and if, yeah. if they if they look confused then yeah you've got the wrong one 
but no i'd love to anyone comes up and has chats that would be awesome anyone got any questions or, or just meet us in the games room because we'll be there demoing the battle cards and chatting to people there'll be a bit of retail there so people can pick up some bits and pieces if they want um you know we're not not turning up with a massive shop or anything like that because lavecon's a bit more about just having a fun and hoofing about but um it'd be lovely to meet um everybody and yeah if you want to come over and have a chat at any time well, look, thank you very much for popping in to join us on the show. It was a bit of that extra breaking news. That was all very exciting, wasn't it? Yeah. Well, and of Just course, keep, keep us posted. If people want to keep up to date with the latest news from you guys, what what uh, what outlets might they, they sort of subscribe to to find on, out your latest news? Well, on Facebook, um, Spidermind Games is on Facebook. So you can search um, Spidermind Games. But there is also a dedicated page on Facebook for ED Battle Cards, ED RPG and legendary kingdoms but you can get so you're just uh, taking over the internet aren't you it's game, game central uh, exactly um so if you want to if you want to go to um uh download a legendary kingdoms free play test then just google the, the entirely whole one word legendary kingdoms.co.uk and that will come up um and also there's a blog on the edrpg and ed battle cards websites edrpg.co.uk and edbattlecards.com and either of those you know you can always um read our little blogs twitter and of course we'll always we'll always invite you back on the show to uh, to tell us more as as there's progress just let us know and we'll drag you back in here and you can um you you can be excited about we're releasing it and yes it's going to be in the post soon those kind of you know yeah no i'd love to come back i mean you guys have been awesome um and very supportive all the way through um but yeah it would be it'd be lovely to come for back purely selfish that, reasons only because we like playing the game so <laughs> yeah. well i you know what it's it's um it's sad in a way because we're going to lavecon this year really no further forward than we were this time last but you're year. a lot further forward you've actually Had, got a product that's, that's yeah, actually going to production and it's all it's all happening as opposed to might be happening had we had we been involved in a lot less arse hattedness over the last year (laughs) i love the phrase um, then then things would have been further forward and we would have actually had physical copies to sell people well, we're going to have we're going to have physical but, copies by the next ECM, definitely. So there you oh, go. Oh, <clears throat> yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, so I'm just you know I'm just lining up a few things, um, uh, shiny, specially things that that we can play with then. Well, but no, thank you very much indeed for for yes giving giving us the latest updates, and I'm sure you and everybody else. Ladies and gentlemen, that's the end of the show. Everybody's buggered off now, so. A number of sources claim that Thargoid barnacle sites have recently ceased producing materials. Sorry, my page moved. Sorry, that was my fault. Where's it was, gone? I was chasing Buck around the studio. Hang on, I'm going to I'm going to punish Buck for that one. Hang on. Yeah, I borrowed your pan. Yeah, look, let's right, see if it, um, yeah, sorry, he he shuffled all the papers on the desk. Uh, right, he, he got it. I'm sorry about that. He ran through naked again. I don't even know me. how I did that. Yeah. I, all he I wafted. did was sign in. He wafted through the studio and something went wrong. Yes, it was something trailing behind you as you it ran. Oh, nicely lined up, and now it's split again. Right, that must have been from cubicle three. Uh, hang on a second. There you go. I moved it again for you, Flossie. There's that sheet there. Does that help? Yeah, thank you. Oh, there we go. Okay. Um, do, do, do you want do, do you want your intro again? Oh, it's all right. Hang on, we have to have a little bit of the intro again. And it is... Uh...
Trusty here with this week's community inter... No. <laughs> this week's <laughs> <you>. interstellar initiatives. <laughs> 